0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Howard Simonette with sneaky Joe DiBiase.
1: Your Thompson scores! Tage Thompson answers coming down the right circle. He lets one rip to tie it at one. That did not take long for an answer. Buffalo will bring it up with Tage Thompson to center ice. Splits oh. the D. Thompson walks in. Digs! Oh, what a save by Elvis. Vers Lickens with the glove save on Tage Thompson, who looked to be about to break open another highlight reel goal, and then he goes to the referee to showcase what well, might have been a high stick.
2: Still working through what we would do, not sure. You know, the good thing for us is you guys know Sean's background. Sean's been a long-time defensive coordinator, and so right now he'll just kind of lead that and not saying that we would or we wouldn't, you know, this offseason. It's still very early in the offseason. It's not on the offensive side of the ball. It's on the defense. We feel we got some really good minds, you know, in that room with Bobby Babbage. We added Al Holcomb, John Butler, Eric Washington. We just added Joe Dana. So feel like we got some really good minds in there, adding Sean in there as well. I'm sure he'll be even more hands. Zone at this
0: point. On WGR Sports Radio 550.
1: That's right, here with Sneaky Joe. Jeremy's off today. He's back tomorrow. a lot to get to on uh, Wednesday. I mean this actually in a positive way. I don't mean this in the negative way. Mm hmm. Was good to be angry at the Sabres again in a sick twist, way. Oh. You know what I mean by that, right? Because the games mean so much, sure. typically this time of year they'd lose. we be like, uh, or actually we would have been like, really? Do I have to We'd watch the like, game?
3: What? Whatever.
1: The Sabres played? It I don't happened. know. Okay. I guess I have to watch the game. It's my job. I was yelling at the television set. Yep. Yelling. And I, like I said, I, of course we wanted them to beat Columbus. We'll get to that in a moment. Joe just brought up the schedule. There's a lot. But um, I'm stressed again and I get angry at losses again. I mean that in a good way because it means the games mean something to us again. I'm not trying to make it feel any better. They really needed to beat Columbus last night. They got a nasty schedule coming up. That was the easiest game on the schedule for the next 2 weeks. So that was kind of a really big missed opportunity and you mentioned, you know, yep. some of the other teams on the out-of-town scoreboard got points, whatever. Florida won, the Islanders got a loser point, Penguins won. Ottawa's moving up a little bit. Got to start thinking about the Senators. Yeah, they're tied now, I think, with Detroit, right, in that group of 64 points. So it was not a good night. Not a good night at all. And they, please, dear God, have Rasmus Dahlin back in the lineup on Thursday because their team, their defense group, their team, without Dahlin, it's a big problem. And Owen Power, who played 27-43 the other other day against Washington, played 28-43 last night, had some... He and Yokiharu had some uh, yeah. breakdowns, shall yeah. we
3: say. Tough, tough game for Power. Some I
1: turnovers, think. some bad decisions, some messed up coverage. It was, it was. That's your best defense pairing last night because Clegg is with Samuelson. Ten and twenty-five didn't play well. Please, they need Darlene back fast.
3: Yeah. Even within those mistakes, Power still makes a, a lot of positive plays. But you know, for a twenty-year-old rookie, you, you might be stunned that this is maybe is this his first game all year where you'd think oh that was a yeah. rock that was a rocky performance been a while. I, I'm not sure he's ever had one like he's so smooth and mm-hmm. smart with the puck that even as a rookie it's probably it's why I mean Don Granado said yesterday that he should win the Calder he has been as consistent as you could possibly be yep yesterday was a little tough and the whole night I was at the game, and you could feel the angst in the arena. They got booed off the ice at the end of the second period. Well, the Boone-Jenner goal was a killer at the end of the second period. I I think last night, I was thinking to myself throughout the whole night, they really missed Darlene. Mm -hmm. They really – look at what – I mean, look what this team is. I don't even say is without him. Look how important he is. Mm -hmm. How many things he does – that sometimes will go even under the radar that we just don't even recognize. Like how how easy it is for him to leave his own end and get a rush going up the ice. Right. And then you've got Himself Bryce.
1: or with a yeah. perfect breakout pass.
3: Right. Instead, late in the third period, Sabres need a goal. And there's Jacob Bryson and Ilya Labushkin out there who, yep. are, you know, they're fine. They serve their roles. And, okay, now it's their time to take the puck out from behind your own net and start a rush. And it just it looks sometimes they do it, but it looks painful. Yeah. Dalin makes all that stuff look so easy. And it really speaks to I think how he's grown into one of the best defensemen in hockey. So luckily he's only day to day. And maybe he even plays you know, maybe he plays tomorrow. You now.
1: you asked us about power. When was the last time Darlene had a bad night?
3: Has he had one this year? You know when the last time probably was? I don't know think it might be this year. Last year When Kruger was coaching? Not even that. Remember beginning of last year he was getting walked a lot. He was getting like these these highlight reel goals scored against him, toe drag moves and that ended like within the first week of the season. And he was just from there I'm not sure he's ever had one. I'm not sure he's had a bad game in like 100 games. The, sure the has, last but. game
1: he played in would have been Friday in Florida, right? Cuz he missed the Washington yep. game. There was he had I think he had a turnover at some point, maybe a bad pass in his own zone against Florida. It didn't lead to a goal or anything. But this is how good this kid has been and how important he is. He made a bad pass, and I thought, oh, my God, that was Darlene. Like yeah. He never does that. His decision-making, like you said, Joe, I mean, there were the Sabres in their own end last night, and it wasn't just power and Yoki Haru. There were other issues. there. Really, for the first two periods, in their end of the ice, it wasn't very good. And, and quite honestly, now I was a little, to the point of the goalie discussion. We should get to that, too, right? What did they do last night? They started Craig Anderson four days after a 51-save performance in Florida. He didn't wait a week to play Anderson again. He started him last night. Again, doesn't make me feel any better about Comrie and UPL going forward. And now, I was thinking all about defensemen by Friday, not Riley Stillman, something a little more significant than that. Yep. Anderson starting last night is significant. I think that's not good for the Sabres because that makes me worried about the other two guys on the goalie roster. Now i got to think about goalie by Friday. Anyway, Anderson was not particularly sharp last night.
3: Yeah. And last night... And maybe that's because he played two games in five days. Right. I mean, that's always been out there, right? That y- you can want to try to play him more, but is he going to give you the same production that he's been... When he's only playing once a week and he's going into a game fully rested, right. I, I, my my brother texted our group chat after the first goal and like, wow, Craig takes a, lo- a long time to stand up. I'm like, yeah, he's got 41 year old knees. <laughs> like, of course he does. Like, little slow to I react. I know the feeling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that might the might take a little, that is why his workload has been managed all year. I still I still feel like there's a good chance. He could have his workload increase. The production does come down a bit, and he's still a better option than Lukanen and Comrie. Which, again, does not speak well of Lukanen and Comrie going yeah. forward, then. But last night, goal, goalie's not really my problem. I mean, they, they did have a lot. All A lot of their goals were just open guys in the slot. Yep. Eric Robinson, yep. the guy who scored the hat trick, he's just open in the slot over and over. Mm-hmm. Just that's That's a tough thing for any goaltender, but... Last night does have me thinking about goaltender a little bit. And if Anderson is gonna have his workload increased and the, the production is gonna come down, well now I'm now I'm not in a good I'm not in a good spot goaltender wise. No,
1: I and I and I've been okay because I may have fallen into the trap of not scrutinizing the goaltending enough because the Sabres can wake up, go to work, and put four goals on the scoreboard without breaking the sweat, yep. which can cover up lower save percentages. You're not leaning on your goalies as much if you have the second-best offense in the league. It can cover up for yep. a lot of mistakes. But maybe that is maybe this is a margin-of-error discussion. Although, I mean, last night they scored three goals. Ooh, you had the stat, right? What's their record when they score three or fewer goals this season? Not a lot of wins? Well, they only have five wins, scoring less than four goals this year. Okay, well, they didn't win last night, and they scored less than four goals. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think I think the goalie situation for me... May have been covered up a little bit by that. Now, you throw in Tuck not being there. Yep. Quinn scored last night. He's playing really well. But whatever, you're still down one of your top forwards. Yep. And and we just talked about Dalene, and hopefully he gets back soon because he has a huge impact on this team. You might be leaning a little bit more on your goalie going forward. Yeah. And I don't – I you cannot play Craig Anderson, I don't think, two games a week for the next
3: month. And And with that in mind – you can't trust Comrie. You don't feel like you can really trust Lucan in right now, but you could always just explore the unknown. He's young, big prospect. You never know. Well, he's
1: never played in the pressure-packed yep.
3: games that are coming for the next month for this hockey team. So I got two guys I don't really feel like I could trust right now. I got a third guy that I can trust, but only when he's playing once a week. If he's playing more than that, I have no idea. Boy, that's Yeah, I think that's iffy. And then there's Kevin Weeks last night. Kevin Weeks of ESPN tweets, Before the game... Keep an eye on the goalie mar- trade market. Quiet so far, he lists long-term options. Three guys. John Gibson, mm-hmm. Thatcher Demko, Tristan Jari. Then he lists potential returns. Cal Peterson. Huh. That's funny. UPL. Really? He lists UPL as a potential return. Hmm. And what is that? By the way, where is Cal Peterson these days? He's in. He got waived by He's L.A. Former Buffalo Saber. He got waived by L.A. He's had a really gotcha. bad year. Okay. But UPL, huh? But that is well, an that idea. That would make sense
1: because if you're getting, sorry, go ahead. They brought up yeah. Demko. You were at the game, so you didn't see this. They brought up Demko on the telecast last okay. night, and so I just want to look up his contract. He was, go, he was just
3: activated Tuesday. off IR. I think. He
1: played the other night, I think. Yeah, for, Van- for uh, Vancouver, three years left. Yep. Cap hit five million each of the next three years. And their discussion last night was, what about a guy like Demko yep. to bridge you until Devin Levi gets here?
3: Which would take you up to Levi's t- age 24 season, which fits. Hmm. And the other thing there is, with Lukanen in the picture, let's let's talk about this for a second, because I have not thought for a second before last night about the idea of trading Lukanen. And I'm almost mad at myself that I didn't. I usually look for the angle nobody is talking about for trades. Mm -hmm. This was sitting there the whole time with Lukainen. I never thought about it. I figured he would be here as part of the goaltending picture. Me too. One or two, whatever. But he would be here until they deem Devin Levi ready to take the job. Especially with goalie prospects, it's so tough to really nail it that Devin Levi, Ryan Lambert makes this point a lot from elite prospects, tons of goaltenders have had insane development years in college and in the AHL. Then they get to the NHL and, oh, they're just kind of a guy? Or mm-hmm. they don't even make it. Remember, um, who was the Boston University guy? Matt O'Connor? Who was the guy? Is he the one that dropped the puck yeah, in the he National He a team really NHL? bad
1: goal. That's right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. He was like a hot commodity. There was a bidding war for him. He played like 10 games in the NHL. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just, and that, that's, a, that's a, it's a tough comparison because he wasn't even drafted. But that, I like think sometimes you never know. So my thought was always, they have Levi, him or Lukanen will be the guy. Mm -hmm. Levi might be more likely, but one of the two is going to be my future netminder. But if they are that confident and Devin Levi is eventually going to show up and be their starting goaltender, then you trade Lukanen. Because, if anything, Lukanen then is just your bridge. He's just your bridge Mm -hmm. to get to Devin Levi. Well, in that situation... I really only care, or I care most about the next two to three years. And I don't know what I've got in Lukanen yet. I like some of the signs. He was rookie yeah. of the month in January. Like, there are signs to believe that he'll be good for them for the next two to three years. But Demko, would you trade Lukanen for Demko straight up? Like, are these the types of ideas that are bouncing around right now with the Sabres? Because it would just be. I'm improving my bridge netminder to to get to Devin Levi. Right. That's really to me all it, it would be. Is I know he's young, but like even John Gibson, I saw a couple of saber bloggers tweeting about that last night. About what if they traded Lucan and straight up for John Gibson? And Gibson's production is a lot more rocky than 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 uh, Jar or not Jarry, than um Demko's Demko the last couple of years. Gibson's
1: got a little longer contract too. doesn't That's he? the other thing about his. He's
3: got a different contract, but it doesn't they kind of accomplish the same thing. Yeah. It's okay. Gibson is going to get me th- through from right now till Devin Levi shows up. And even when Levi shows up maybe he could be the 1B. You're right. Uh he has four more years after this okay, year. Okay, Demko's got 3. It's only
1: one year difference. I thought there was two.
3: Right. Well, in theory, okay,
1: let's say let's say they trade for Thatcher Demko. Yeah. So he's got three seasons left after this. Season 1, Levi is in Rochester for the yep. full season. Doesn't yep. doesn't even see Buffalo, season two. Either he's still in Rochester, or maybe he earns the in theory the backup job in season two. Yep. You wouldn't even think about Levi competing to be the number one guy, take the job and run with it until the third. I think the third in my head, the third and final season for Thatcher Demko. Thatcher Demko here would be the first time I would say yeah, competition in camp. Winner takes the job, and maybe so because they're you know, this is don't rush a young goalie. The yeah. Sabres like to give their prospects time to develop. He's definitely Levi, and the way they rave about him, Joe. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Adams, every time he talks about Devin Levi, I mean, I feel like he is just holding in his excitement as much as humanly possible to not put too much pressure on a kid that's playing in college. Yep, so to me. No question, Levi spends at least a full season in Rochester, maybe even part of a second season or more. Three years from now would be the first time I would think this kid would be in a competition to win the job. So that ties yep. into a Demco timeline.
3: And by the way, what all this does at, at, at the same time, while also making sense long term, is it makes hmm. you, vast in, in theory, vastly better. Right now, yeah. in that. It gives you a legitimate starting goaltender so that he can pair with Anderson the rest of the way and you can keep Anderson at one or two games a week tops and that your production goes up on the short term.
1: It's That's funny. Right now, the whole three, in, in theory, it's three goalies, yeah. no clear number one, ride the hot hand. The problem with that is this. Even if Anderson plays well, you're not riding him. Again, the first evidence of him playing four days apart was not good last night. Right. He's not why they lost, but he didn't prevent them from losing either. Like, he didn't right. cover up enough for the mistakes that were being made in front of him. Um so Levi, you can't by the ride way. him, and and Comrie has shown no indication that that's a guy you would ride a hot
3: hand with. Basically leaves you Lukanen. With Levi, by the way, like, I'm looking around at some of the top goaltenders in the league right now. A lot of them, even when they first showed up, they start off as the backup. That's kind of their their gateway to the league and to, the, to adjust to the speed of the game. Ilyas Sorokin, who is going to be a Vesna finalist this mm. year for the Islanders, and he's already started 44 games. He's their number 1 goaltender. His first year, two years ago, started 21 games. Mm. Semyon Varlamov played the rest. All right, he, was the, he was the two. And they was adjusting to the NHL, and he got his feet wet. How about Andre Vasilevsky? Yeah. One of the best goaltenders in hockey. His first two seasons, 13 starts, 21 starts. So... Levi, I mean, hey, maybe he could even show up next year. But you're asking a lot if you think that guy's just going to show no, up and be so. your clear-cut no. number one right away. I suppose
1: so, he, he could come into camp, right, and maybe blow the doors off of everybody, but that's not typically yeah. how this regime handles their young players. They, they, right, they want to get these guys. They don't rush kids in from anywhere, juniors, overseas. So they will typically want them to go through Rochester, especially a goalie. I think they would want Levi to play, you know,
3: yeah. every day basically in Rochester and get that full season under his belt. Right. I'd be R- stunned
1: if they, that didn't happen.
3: Ryan Miller only started forty-eight games in 'o five 'o six. Although, didn't he deal with an injury that year? If I'm thinking way back, he might have. I'll have to look.
1: I should have remembered. I watched Beyond Blue and Gold yesterday. I, I think he they would, did. They would have covered that. In I, that
3: th- show. I think he did. I think Marty started yeah. like all of December when they went on that big win streak. And but, but gradually anyways. it shifted. But right. So I.
1: That's so that's for me that's. I wasn't thinking about goaltending, but I think Anderson. The comments about trying to get Anderson more time down the stretch, him playing last night. Yeah, I think you should be nervous as a Saber fan about the goaltending. You already were, so I'm a little late to the show here. You, um, yeah, I'm I'm nervous about this. And again, it is in this discussion of, you know, they they've got a great chance to make the playoffs. They said last night. I don't know what it is today. What is it? um, Money Puck Puckpedia, whoever knows the up. Yeah. They said last night the Sabres were 50% shot, before the game was lost, 50% shot to make the playoffs. They're playing critical hockey games, and for me, I'm really nervous about what they're doing in goal right now. This
3: morning, the site I've been using is Puckluck, puckluck.com, and they've got the Sabres right now at 46%. That's still pretty good. To make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's still pretty good. Yeah. And it's funny, like I said, this is all in this discussion you know, I mentioned see my earlier comment about I'm angry about the Sabers now because the games mean something. Mm-hmm. The other day, you know, what would Monday? We were you know they came off the big win over Washington. No Tuck, no Darlene. They beat the Caps, big win. And you know, I had tweeted something about you know who stands out, whatever. What's great? And the number of tweets about just got to get a goalie, guys. Just people yep. would tweet me about got to get a goalie. I wonder what Kevin Adams is thinking. Come, hey, well, He already would have been on the phone with the Canucks to pull off the Stillman trade. Uh, I'm going to guess he would have asked about uh, Thatcher Demko during that conversation.
3: That Demko is the guy I, I want to kind of cue in on. UC Soros would be the dream. I thought they said he was untouchable. Every indication out of Nashville is he's one of the three guys they wouldn't yeah. trade. Yeah. So I, I can put this over to the side for now. Of the guys that are reportedly available, I, I like the Demko idea more more a lot. More than Talbot? More than Talbot for sure. Talbot is a band-aid for right now. And even that i like you never know if it's actually even gonna work out. Chad D. Diminicis of Expected Buffalo, he wrote a piece on him recently, a good argument on how or piece on how any team that trades for a goalie at the deadline, they never get the same results. That goalie is never mm-hmm. never holds his production changing situations that late in the year like that. So I think Talbot I think Talbot would be an upgrade over Lucan and in, in Comrie on the short term, but I don't think that's anything past this year. The thing the thing I like about Demko the most for this This is the question you need to ask ask yourself. I think the most reasonable timeline to expect from Devin Levi, not even just showing up. He could show up next year, maybe and play fifteen games. The year after, maybe he plays twenty. I don't think it's it's reasonable to expect you can hope, but expect that he is their number one goaltender for three years. Let me give him three yeah, years—not even just to yeah. get to the NHL, but to right. be the number one. So I got a three-year timeline here, and I've got Tage Thompson at twenty-five. I got Cousins still young. I've got Quinn growing it, growing into his game right now. Daleen, like I've got a team that, even though they're young, aren't they proving right now they are ready to win? Mm-hmm. And for the next three years. When we're going to want to see them making the playoffs. We're going to want to see next year that they take a step forward and make the playoffs and start competing with the big boys in the division like Boston and Tampa oh, yeah. and, and Toronto.
1: Shouldn't next year we be talking about getting into the top
3: three, competing yes. for a top three, not a wild card? Yes. And for the next three years, who do you trust more as your, as your goaltender? Yeah. Who do you want to play the most games for the Sabres in the next three years? Yeah, Ukapeka know. Lukanen or Thatcher Demko? <sighs> it is very possible yeah, Lukanen is a better option. But you are, you are in an unknown with that. Demko, he's had a tough year this year. Mm-hmm. He's dealt with injuries. It's a very small sample size. He's only started 16 games. Last year, Demko started 61 games. Yeah. And one of the, the fancy numbers, goals saved above expected. Actually, uh, yeah, goals saved above expected. He ranked 13th in the NHL. year before that, he was 11th. It like, is
1: a small sample size in terms of being the the shoulder the load guy, right? That's the only season where he had. Yep. His other two seasons were like thirty, th- low thirties, mid thirties games played.
3: Yes. Like that is the one season he's been a sixty plus start guy. And he was a nine fifteen save percentage. Yeah, that's really good. Fifty seven percent quality start. I mentioned he was thirteenth in goal save to have expected. Like he he was not an elite goalie, but he was He's a really good goaltender. Yeah. Last year, playing a lot of games, so. And it's also not like he's that old. He's 27 years old. 27! When he's 30 and a free agent. And he, if he had played well, it's not like you couldn't, you know, if if he's with the organization at that point uh, long enough, you might say, hey, you want to pair with Levi for the he rest of your career? <laughs> not even like back up. Like in today's NHL, you could just go 50-50. You could yeah. go 60-40. So I I like the goalie idea. I, I really do. And I I'm stunned yeah. I didn't think of... Lukanen being a piece of that all you're doing is you're flipping your timeline for me you're flipping your age group when it it comes to the goalie
1: if you believe and this is all projection obviously nobody knows how Devin Levi's going to turn out but if you believe he in the Sabres minds is the number one guy of the future it's just a matter of how many years not if then right you're determining who's the other guy to take the spot until the kid is ready and that's your
3: discussion of UPL or Demko or is Although, he Talbot would be a rental, right? Talbot's a rental, Okay, and he's 35. Oh, is is Lukanen, right now, like next year this is a question even, too. I'm kind of putting it in like a three-year uh, type window, like th- in three years in totality. How about just for next year? Who should play the most games next year for them in net? Or who do you think is the favorite? Wouldn't Lukanen be the favorite right now? Oh, yeah, it's not the other two guys.
1: And, and, Anderson's probably retiring, and that would leave Comrie unless they make another goal right. move So in the
3: offseason. Lukanen playing the most games next year. Is he showing anyone right now that he's ready for that?
1: Yeah, this stretcher, I thought he was playing really well, but no. I think, I think he, what's his say? Is it under 900? It's under 900. Yeah, I think there are times where the offense basically covers up the need for more for more clutch saves or more saves from their goaltender.
3: And tennis. I don't want to make it sound like I'm trashing Lucanen. I no. think he is super capable. He's an 892 this year. I think he's very talented, he's capable, and he's still young at only 23 years old at a position where you really don't know what the guy is until like 26 at least. Mm. So I'm not giving up on Lukanen. I'm just saying what you'd be doing is you'd be flipping an unknown commodity for a known commodity.
1: All right, we start with the Sabres. Of course, we have plenty of Bill stuff to get to with the news that came down during the show yesterday about Leslie Frazier uh we'll get you up to speed on what the bills might be thinking since we still don't know yet but what they might be thinking in terms of defensive play caller brandon bean spoke to the media in indianapolis yesterday sean mcdermott did as well we'll get into all sorts of bills issues on the show today paul hamilton with us at seven it's wednesday so joe marino from the locked on bills podcast on the odyssey app will be joining us today sal will check in at nine for all things bills and nfl as well phone lines Always open for your questions, comments, opinions on what we're discussing or if there's another topic you'd like to bring up. We always love to hear from you. 803-0550 to join us on WGR.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
1: Power, Marchenko after it on the far board, centers. That's picked up by Samuelson. He'll slide it ahead. Quinn's got a lane. Quinn fires, scores! That's what you're looking for as Quinn lets it rip from the right side. And it's a 4-2 Columbus lead with 14.58 to go in the third period. Dan Dunley on the call last night here on WGR. As the Sabres lose to Columbus, that uh, Jack Winkle. We're going to say, uh, let's, we'll make that one of the first moments of the game, shall we? Is what I'm actually trying to stumble through. Moments of the game brought to you by Firth Trulers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. Eight zero three zero five fifty to join us to the Bills in a moment. We'll get connected with our fans as well. Larry in South Florida, you're on
2: WGR. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Um, Howard, I've, I've been calling you since the Empire days with you and Brenton, and I was going to call and do a little little happy memories, uh, but I'm going to do that either tomorrow or Friday. I'm too worked up over the Sabres, so sorry about that, buddy. Oh, wow. Okay, mm. that's that's fine. Please, go ahead. Yep. Um, so, and I Joe touched on it earlier. I love the goalie idea. Um, but if there was ever a reason to trade for uh, Jacob Tickering, Kevin Adams, all he had to do was watch a game last night. And I believe the first four goals were all from inside the – you know, the, the dot. Right. And Joe mentioned Robinson all alone. I mean, Boone Jenner's goal was sick. It was nasty, but he was being chased per usual. And I don't know how many times I saw Robinson and another guy just standing in front. And all we got to do is just knock them off the puck. Don't even have to knock them down. You don't have to get in a fight. Just knock them off the puck. And Hamilton talked about it yesterday. And this trade should have happened a week ago. If, if, I'm Adams. I'm on the phone. I said, sure. I'll give you number one. I'll give you number two. I'll give you one of our three prospects from last year. I wouldn't give up Savoy, but I'd give up either one of those other two. And you know, take Bryson, take um, Klig, take, you know, take uh, our goalie, not not Pekaluganen, but the other one, Conry. I mean, it's this is an opportunity with one solid D man and maybe a better goalie. This team will make the playoffs. There's no reason to lose to Columbus after you just beat Florida and Tampa. So I'm with you, Howard. I was yelling at the TV. Actually, as soon as Jenner scored, I said, I'm out. I can't do this to myself. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. So, yeah, it's, I'm just frustrated. And, um, you know, Howard, I'm actually very jealous you're retiring. But, um, you know, I was in state when you were there. But um, you've had an amazing career. And I'll give you a call and go over some highlights in the next two days.
1: All right. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, no, look
3: um... – Trigger said on Chickering last night, you see this on the I Oilers did and Coyotes? not, go ahead, no. He said Bill Armstrong, the Coyotes GM, back to the drawing board working on landing spots for Chickering. The Coyotes and Oilers were in deep as late as this morning before Ken Holland cut bait, reset his focus on Eckholm, and then the deal with yeah. the Predators got made. Here's twice. Good, so that'll take Edmonton out of the Chickering race then? Out of the chicken race. Good. Twice in two weeks, L.A. and now Edmonton deep in conversations with Arizona, and something's gone wrong. I don't know what the Coyotes are doing with this. But so you're
1: assuming Arizona is overplaying their hand. And so oh, yeah. yeah I mean, the other teams are going, well, screw it. I'm just going to go find somebody else. Exactly. All right. But I think he has to be traded by Friday. Well, the the scenario you set up the other day, right? He has a no trade coming and in, kicking into yeah. in the summer. Yep. If you're Arizona... You don't put your. They would be putting themselves into the corner. They would be giving themselves less leverage. Yeah, they're narrowing potentially the list of teams they could talk to to get the most value for Chikrin. So, Joe, it makes no sense for them not to trade him by Friday afternoon to
3: three. And the nice thing is, if other
1: suitors are dropping out off the board
3: here. Great. Maybe that does help the Sabres in the long run. I'm wondering who's left. I mean, Boston was always mentioned, and they traded for Dmitry Orloff already.
1: L.A. didn't trade for a defenseman. L.A. Though, right? did not. Or, LA so they've got to be still in the running. Well, Toron- Toronto keeps trading for defensemen. Maybe they're just trying to stockpile as many defensemen yep. as humanly
3: possible. No, the Leafs aren't going to make a trade for Florida trade. reportedly wants them, but they don't have a first-round pick till 2026, so that doesn't make sense. Right. The one team I do think about – did Pittsburgh do the – there was a JT Miller trade they were being talked about. I don't think so. Okay, so Pittsburgh – Pittsburgh is the one I'm watching out for. Last week, um, Rob Rossi, mm-hmm. who writes for the, about the Penguins, he had last week that their coach, Mike Sullivan, he wants Chikrin. And he's told he's told Ron Hextall, the GM, he, I want Chikrin. And Hextall is, at the moment, balking at it because – of The price and because Arizona not only are they demanding two first round picks, they are demanding Pittsburgh's 2025 and 26 first round picks. They want to skip two years and think about why they oh, might so think not, about why they might want to do that.
1: Wait till Pittsburgh's rebuilding and they yeah. get a
3: higher pick. Malkin, Latang gone, yep. Crosby will be 37, 38. Right. Like, right. They're projecting, hey, we think you're going to be really bad in three years. We want those picks. So, and and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh
1: is going to say we're going to lottery protect it, and then Arizona will say, no, you're not. No, because they're saying that's the whole point of us that's wanting right. those picks. Yeah,
3: yeah. So Pittsburgh is, I think, <laughs> balking at that. So I don't know where they end up, but the Penguins are worth watching here because the coach wants them. Yeah. Like We know that the coach wants them. I love – I wish it was um,
1: – this is one of those many times, right, You wish you were able to hear some of the conversations out there. Oh, yeah. Like when people are saying crazy asking price and all that. Okay. I would love to find out. You had Kevin Adams on your podcast. Did you ask him what exactly is Arizona asking for? Because I'd really love to find out. You know. Like what what is – when Kevin Adams says to Arizona, we would love Jacob Chukrin, what do you want? What's the response? What is it – what would it be for Kevin Adams to go – Goodbye.
3: Well, not only Kevin Evans, but everybody, everybody is doing like, that. Right? How?
1: Like I'm sitting here talking about. Okay, so you've got your first round picks, right? They have yeah. each of their first round picks. They've got three second round picks in the next draft. Yep. Yep. I think so. You've got those. You have top prospects, Joe, in whatever order you tell me. Kulik's got to be on this list. Savoy's probably on this list. Yep. Oselin's probably on this list. Who am I missing, Joe? Uh, Levi, if you wanted to talk goalie. Levi, Rosine. Okay. So we're talking about four or five juicy prime top prospects. Mm Hmm. Two of those too many? You're going to give up one of those for sure. You're going to give up multiple picks. Like, I have no problem parting with draft picks. There's nothing you can tell
3: me. But what about two of them
1: and two firsts? That's that's what I'm saying. What's (laughs) too much for Adams? Yeah. Like, one of them and two firsts? Fine. I, I...
3: Ooh, that's a lot, too. I mean, maybe. I don't
1: care about the picks. Yeah. I don't care about the picks. Pittsburgh gave up first-round picks for years, and they won cups, and they contended every year. I don't care about picks.
3: Did you see... It's how many
1: prospects, and you giving up anybody off the roster. Like, are they asking for Quinn or Paterka?
3: Oh, that that might be another part of this.
2: Is one of the futures they want him?
3: One of those, one of
1: your top prospects and two picks. That's probably Kevin Adams going... No, thank you. That's too much.
3: I'm willing to side with them not making the trade so far because it seems like everybody agrees that Arizona they're they're on the moon. Like they just they, they have no idea like what they're doing with this negotiation.
1: Let me ask you this: You're now the Sabres GM, okay, Joe? Yeah. We you, we've brought up two names this morning: Jacob Chikrin and Thatcher Demko. Yep. Chikrin has two years of term. Demko has three years of term. Take everything into your head what your depth is at that position, prospects, all this stuff, Demko certainly would cost you less in a trade than Jacob Chikrin. So what do you do? Do you go for a guy who's a top-four defenseman and gives you one of the best top-four defense groups in the entire league? Or do you give up less and go for a guy who you believe will be an upgrade and buy you time till Devin Levi is ready?
3: I go Chikrin. Even though you're going to give up more for him? Yes, I think he's that good. I think he... He is a legitimate. I would have chickened out, defenseman. probably, and
1: taken Demko. But no, I'm glad you yeah. said that. That that move, it would. Be- I think long term, that move makes you a much better hockey team. Yeah. Now Yochihario can kick down to five six with Labushkin, and Clegg and Bryson yep. are in the mix as an extra defenseman. Now you're talking about a really good group of defensemen
3: going forward. And Chikarin is a legitimate top pair defenseman that you might have on your second pair. That's
1: what I'm saying. I, I think, think that's would how good be. it is. Like in theory.
3: Darlene and, I
1: assume, Samuelson away. Stay whatever. together, what, yeah. Either, whatever, however you look at it, Darlene, Samuelson, Power, Chikrin, you've got two top pairings.
3: Yep. The, the, other, the other thing that's odd right now. I um, like you,
1: Joe. I like your aggressiveness. Good I, for you.
3: I want to go for it. I, I think that's how you win the cup. You have the best blue line in hockey. That's how you win the cup. Goaltending, you never know what you're going to get at so, the end of the day. If they ask so, you
1: for Quinn or Paterka and, a, and one of those prospects and two picks, or two of the prospects and two picks, you're not balking.
3: I'm I'm probably balking. <laughs> oh Joe, you're killing
1: me. I I'm 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 the, I I'm the go, coward on the show. I you're supposed go, to
3: be aggressive. I want to go for chicken. I just don't want to get stupid with it. I feel like that's getting stupid with it. That is that is a crazy okay, price to pay. But
1: basically we're it's not the picks, right? So basically you cross from let's do well, it to stupid by adding that's either that rostered player or a second prospect, right? This is really coming down to one piece where you go from Hey, let's do it too. No, that's stupid. See,
0: that's, that's
1: I know just what you mean. one
0: piece. Joe. I know
1: what you mean. But is
3: one piece, one additional piece, going to kill this franchise going forward? It's not. But that's currency, right? Like I might want that to do something. I want them that's to. That's true. I'm thinking something else. With. I'm
1: not thinking. Da- I'm thinking yeah. right now. Although Chicken has two years of term, but I'm sure I'm thinking. I'm not thinking. Hey, if Adams does this now, he doesn't have that piece next year to add something.
3: Yeah, I'm not all the way at flooring it yet. To me. Hmm. You you divest. I mean, I want them to go for it. I yeah. want them to make a trade like that. Yep. But I don't need them to trade all their draft picks. There was, a, there was a, a story or a quote, actually, that Julian Brisebois, the Lightning GM, gave this week. And he said, quote, at the end of the day, I know there's a perceived value on those picks, but we have a really good idea of what the actual value of those picks are. What's the first-round pick worth? What's the second-round pick worth? I'd rather have the good player right now for this season and next and help this group win right now. Because I know what the odds are, and I know that those picks aren't going to be helping me right now. He just traded a first, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth for a guy that scored four goals this year. Because he's like, bleep them picks. I'm going to win a cup. I am am on board with, you know what, the pick, the value of the picks, not as high as you might think. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not quite yet at Sabre should be treating it as bleep them picks. I'll get to that point at some point. I'll
1: bleep the picks, Joe.
3: I'm, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm bleep them picks.
1: Screw the picks. You should be more worried about the human
3: beings that are in the organization that you have to I, give up. I true. think that is the discussion. That's true. W- one last thing on this about the Chikrin saga. Greg Wasinski tweeting, because there's a lot of dots that, that are trying to be connected here. as to like, why is he not being traded? What's the asking price? What's the negotiation like? Greg Wasinski. Reported yesterday that the Bruins were in on Chikrin before making the Dmitry Orlov trade. And from what he heard, the stumbling block was Boston was asking for salary retention on Chikrin. Oh, okay. They must be tight. How, how was that a stumbling block for Arizona, though? Right. Arizona, there, there, there they are again in the Patrick Kane trade yesterday. They are the NHL's Swiss bank account. Send your money here. Oh, sure. They got tons right? of room. Like, just they're always the team that is, will take your salary. But How on this way? guy...
1: Chitgren's only like four or five.
3: Also that, right? They're only 4.6.
1: It's not a big number. They'd be
3: retaining 2.3 million for two years. That's peanuts. Right. Why are they balking at that? Yeah. That, to me, doesn't make sense. But if they are, that gets the Sabres in the ballgame. Because right now, there are two teams that are in legitimate playoff contention that can fit his entire cap. The Sabres and the Red Wings. And Detroit is never mentioned for him. So... Of the teams that can do it without any salary retention, the Sabres are one of two. Again, I don't know why Arizona would not retain salary, but I'll take it because it helps the Sabres out a lot if they if they don't.
1: Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us this morning on WGR.
2: We're just getting started with that in terms of evaluating who and what. So, you know, the internal evaluation will continue. We'll just keep taking it one day at a time. I'm extremely confident in the guys that we have and the coaches that we have uh, already in our building. So we'll just see where it goes.
1: Sean McDermott yesterday. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the next hour and as the show goes on. So, Joe, I want a quick prediction because short segment here. Okay. The Bills' plan for defensive play caller. I'm going to guess you have three choices. I think I've got them all covered. McDermott takes over the job. McDermott promotes from within, or they hire an outside coach to be the new defensive coordinator next season?
3: I think they – I don't think they hire a defensive coordinator this year.
1: I agree. I think they'll promote from within.
3: Yeah. I I
1: do think McDermott is genuinely concerned about spreading himself too thin. I don't think he will take – like, say, that's it. It's mine. I'm doing the play calling. I know what Bean said yesterday. He said, I saw Sean do it in Carolina. He's good at it. He can handle it. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea, and I don't think McDermott would want to do that. I think they'll promote from within, with McDermott quote getting more involved in play calling as Bean mentioned. Sure, and the natural candidate is Al Holcomb
3: because he did it last year in Carolina. He's he was done the it interim before. DC.
2: Yeah,
1: he was assistant head coach, and I also thought when I think it was Bean. One of them talked about the number of really strong defensive minds on that staff, right? And they started naming Eric Washington, John Butler, and Al Holcomb. To me, that is not bringing in an external coordinator. That is all about promoting from within with McDermott helping that guy out.
3: I don't even know who they could bring in right now that it would make sense, right? Like, I saw some people tweeting about Jim Leonard last night. Jim Leonard is he was the interim coach at Wisconsin Wisconsin, and he didn't get the job right. No, he did not get the job. Did he just interview with the Eagles? He turned down an to interview with the Eagles for the defensive coordinator position. They hired
1: the guy from Denver. That's right.
3: So I don't. I mean, if he's turning down the Eagles, is he going to turn down the Bills too? Maybe, probably. Um, Hmm. Because maybe wants to stay in college. I don't know what he wants to do, but like that's a name where okay. If you told me I can get Jim Leonard, Mm -hmm. like okay, I'm into that, but. Any other candidate you bring in right now, I, I feel like you're just you're late to the party, right? Like all of the good coordinators that you might want to replace Leslie Frazier, probably gone, aren't they? Is, yeah. there, is there a fired coach that's still hanging around somewhere? By,
1: by the way, Bean did say, Bean, Brandon Bean was asked, Frazier was coming back as the defensive coordinator. Right. So apparently based on what the Bills GM said, this was not the Bills idea. This was not a mutual parting of the ways. This was he was going to be back. And about a week ago, Frazier went to the Bills and said, I'd like to step back for a year. Right. And the Bills even said, we, we don't know if he'd be back here in 2024. We're kind of playing it by ear." year. So it was apparently Leslie Frazier's idea. I, 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 don't, I don't think they're hiring from the outside. I think they're going to – like I said, I think McDermott will name a guy from within yeah. and be a little
3: bit more well, involved
1: each week, I guess.
3: The other thing you do if you hire a defensive coordinator – the the way they're phrasing it right now is that Frazier's gonna he's gonna take a step back, he's yep. not going to coach in twenty twenty three and they plan on returning he plans on returning in twenty twenty four. Yep. And even being said yesterday doesn't know. Like maybe if that it's gonna be the Bills or not. You hire a defensive coordinator tomorrow. Yep. You hire Jim Leonard. Leslie Frazier's not your defensive coordinator anymore. Uh, so I'm not sure, sure how much they care about that, but if they if they don't want it out there that we've replaced Leslie Frazier yet, then you wait a year and maybe you just promote Al Holcomb next year, even though his job could be the exact same. Right. You just change the title. You could always if you if Frazier did want to come
1: back and they wanted him back in in theory. I think Holcomb has the title right now. Senior defensive assistant. Yes. Yep. You can always play with titles and make Leslie Frazier the senior defensive assistant if he says he wants to come back or some consultant title or you could make him assistant yeah. head coach. or You can always create a position. Yeah. Hey, Paul's coming up in a moment. We'll take uh your Sabres calls. We uh obviously the Leslie Frazier story came down in the final hour of the show yesterday with us. We didn't have a chance to get your thoughts on that. You can share your thoughts on that. Frazier stepping back, what the Bills should be doing, who should be running the defense. Eight oh and whether you think it is a significant move for the Bills. Uh yeah, 0550 to join us on WGR.